now. Back to your tech report. Welcome back, Marco Flalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. If you want to get in touch with us, of course, follow us on Twitter. It's at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report and your tech report.com. Mitchell, a while back, Windows 10 was released, specifically July 29th. Well, we've been getting a lot of questions from people who are hesitant to still upgrade. It's a free upgrade for a year, from a year from July 29th. You have a year to get that free upgrade. People are still hesitant. And what we did is we got in touch with Microsoft and we spoke with one of their project managers who really gave us a walkthrough of Windows 10 and the reasons why people should be upgrading. Let's take a listen to that interview with Mark Obey from Microsoft. He's one of the product managers. So, Mark, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. So, Mark, you know, you obviously have way more hands-on experience with Windows 10. We know this is a complete revamp of the operating system, and not only on the on the technical side of things, but everything all the way through the marketing and the way that they've got public involvement has been an incredible, uh, I, I would say, coup or enhancement to the way that we've envisioned Microsoft in the past. And I just want to give you a little hands, you know, a little clap for that. <laughs> What would what would you say when you're talking to people who are reticent, who don't really know much about what Windows 10 is and why it's different and why we need to get on board? What would you what would your spiel be to them? Yeah, well, I think I, I mean I think there's a the few things. First of all, this is a a whole new generation of of Windows, and um, you know what? It's it's been built for from the ground up really for the world we live in, which is you know, which is increasingly mobile and, um, you know, increasingly cloud-based. And so uh, Windows 10, you know, is is really built with that in mind. Um, and so, um, you know, and, and, and it also, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we, Windows has always been about doing. And with Windows 10, we've we've really kept that uh, lens in mind or that focus in mind around just getting things done, and we want to enable uh, people to to really get things done. And you know, I think you referenced it already, uh, just in terms of you've you've been involved in the Windows Insider program. Uh, that program we launched back in September, where we invited uh, users, uh, you know, the general public, uh, to come and try Windows. 10 um, from the very beginning and, and give us feedback. And so throughout that program, we've actually had over uh, 4.5 million Windows Insiders join us and give us feedback on the product. Uh, we've been taking the feedback, building that into the product um, to where we've, we've got um, something, uh, an operating system that we've all built together. And, uh, and I think at the end of the day, you know, Windows 10 is, uh, is, is something that we're, we're very proud of and that uh, Windows users around the world should be very proud of because they've, they've helped us build um, a very personal and very productive uh, operating system. Hey, Mark, let, let's start the most basic for our listeners who are not familiar. I mean, Windows has gone through many iterations over the years and, uh, you know, recently, of course, moved to that tile design. If you had to talk about how the look has changed, how much has the actual look of the OS changed as we move over to Windows 10? Well, the first thing about Windows 10 is whether you're coming from Windows 7 or Windows 8, um, it, it's it's going to feel familiar. Um, and so, you know, you talk about the look, uh, it's not just the look, it's the functionality as well, um, in that, uh, you know, regardless of, of what Windows you've been on, you're, you're actually going to be an expert right from the start. Mm. 
Um, and I mentioned the start because, uh, <laughs> you know, as you, uh, you, you, you probably know or you may have heard, uh, the start button or the start menu is back. Um, so immediately Windows um, 7 users will become, will be very familiar uh, with things like clicking the, the start button and uh, seeing quick actions like uh, File Explorer, Settings, Power, uh, and all apps right, or, right down the left-hand side. Um, you know, Windows 10 also, um, you know, surfaces up for you your, your most used apps right in the start menu so that you can quickly get to what you need to. And then, you know, the other thing that um, Windows 7 users will appreciate, we've even gone back to being able to right-click on that start button um, to show you things like control panel, panel, task manager, file explorer, and shutting down. And so you've got multiple options in terms of how you use um, that that start menu, and uh, and it'll feel very familiar to Windows 7 users. To Windows 8 users, uh, of course, um, you know we've, there's a lot of great things about Windows 8 uh, that we've actually built into Windows 10, and specifically in the Start menu, uh, you'll see here uh, for for folks that can see the video is you'll you'll see that you've got the ability to um, actually build in live tiles to use your Start menu. So it's just not a Start menu; it's it's new and improved with live tiles. And so that gives you the ability to customize uh, your start menu. It's, it's a very personal, a very dynamic experience. These live tiles, you know, not only give you a, a nice personal visual experience, but they also serve up information to you right out of the app so that you don't even have to actually go into the app to see what's going on on Facebook or the news or sports or what have you. And so, you know, right away, whether you're a Windows 7 or Windows 8 user, it's going to feel like a very personal and intuitive experience. Hey, Mark, you know, you know what's really cool? I'm watching this, and they, I, I can't tell. I, I want to make sure our audience gets a, a visual image in their minds. We're actually watching this as Mark is walking us through this. I wanted to just tell our audience something that's really cool that I'm noticing. It used to be in the Windows environment, especially when things moved to the tile design, that you had a choice. You could either be in your desktop mode or you were in tile mode. But now you're really, it's really merging the best, I think the best way to put it is it's merging the best of both worlds because as you're going to start, as you're looking through the live tiles, I can still see your desktop in the background with the tile environment in a smaller window. So you guys really did a great job of integrating the best of tiles to the more familiar environment of your desktop mode. Is that a fair way of describing it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a very good way to describe it. Um, and so, you know, it's uh, it's it's really one environment now uh, that uh, that is easy to navigate and easy to personalize and make a great experience. Now, you know, I'm working on uh, a notebook right now, um, but you know, to your point around um, you know having the flexibility to to work the way you want. Um, say that you are in um, on a, a two-in-one device, so this could be. Uh, a tablet that has a detachable keyboard. Right. Um, right. You know, if you uh, so, so you know, you may want sometimes to work in uh, tablet mode and sometimes to work in desktop mode. Um, you know, Windows 10 comes with a feature. Actually, it's called Continuum, that um, really allows you the flexibility to work how you want. So I'm actually right now. Um, 
flipping my uh, notebook into uh, into tablet mode. And to describe to the listeners what this is doing, it's, it's obviously it's turning the whole interface into a much more touch-friendly way to interact with the operating system. So if you've used Windows 10 on any kind of tablet device, you know what we're talking about. Uh, so it's it's an easy way, and I, I like to, how it works on the surface. You literally pop off the keyboard, and it prompts you right then and there. Do you want to enter tablet mode? Pop the keyboard right back on, and it goes back to desktop mode. So you really are getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and even back to the start menu, if you want your start screen to be full start screen of tiles, you have the ability to set it up that way. So again, very easy uh, personal experience uh, and one that's flexible across devices, uh, regardless of what type of device you're using. Mark, talk to me about the integration with gaming because we, we, we've touched upon this in the past and there's a very tight integration with the Xbox One and Windows 10. How tight does that really get? I mean, that gets, that gets um, very tight, actually. So, uh, and, and we'll have more to share on that as we, uh, as we, we go forward. Uh, but certainly, you know, the ability to um, play Xbox games on your PC uh, or to stream from your console um, to your PC gives you a lot of great options just in terms of being able to uh, being able to never kind of leave your Xbox environment even when, <laughs> when you're not in front of the console. So it's uh, so so I, I think it's going to be a tight integration. I have a question for you. I think this is more from the consumer point of view, and you know we all know Mark that people are incredible creatures of habit. People tend to go with what is familiar to them. So on the development side, when coming up with new features and how Windows 10 is going to work. How much time do you guys actually spend? And I know this sounds sort of almost like a regression instead of a progression, but how much time do you guys spend trying to keep it familiar so you don't uh, innovate so much that people are not, you know, are not able to keep up and start missing things like, you know, <clears throat> the start button or things that are familiar to them? How much care do you guys put into the fact that we have to be careful because we have to make sure that it's still a Windows system that our user base is familiar with? Absolutely. I think you hit it right on in that, um, you know, I mentioned before that Windows 10 is really centered around um, the, the idea of enabling people to, to do great things. And so, you know, it's, uh, we, we always need to innovate kind of around that idea and around that brand promise of being productive and being able to get things done. And, and that's what, you know, Windows 10 is, is, is really about in that, uh, you know, we, yes, we will continue to innovate on Windows 10. That's one of the great things about uh, Windows 10 is uh, once you're on Windows 10, you will always be up to date and we will continue to release uh, new features. Um, but, you know, they will, they will always be, uh, you know, some innovative new features that, uh, that help you to do great things and to get things done. This is one of those points. Um, a bunch of other companies and products I use, for example, Adobe, switched to this subscription model, and people, some people are kind of reticent, reticent, and they're like, mm, you know what, I, I still want to own my product, but having gone through this process of subscribing to something and constantly getting the latest version and the updates is a phenomenal advantage. And there's no reason in my mind, after having been through it, that this is going to be a phenomenal way to experience Windows and to get those updates down the road. Can you talk to um, talk to the pricing, I guess, on the Canadian perspective? What is the upgrade 
process because there has been some confusion as to eligibility. How do people do it? Is there a, a wait a wait list to get the update, or can they just get it when it's available on the 29th? Uh, well, yeah. So, um, just respect with respect to um, you, with respect to the upgrade, you you actually consumers may have uh, already started to see some notifications popping up on their uh, Windows seven uh, or eight dot one machines. Actually, so when you speak to eligibility, those are the el those are the eligible machines um, where uh, uh, that will be eligible for the free upgrade. Um, and as you you may know that, that you know within a year uh, you are eligible to upgrade to Windows 10 for free if you are running a Windows 7 or, or 8.1 machine. And so, you know, some notifications, uh, some devices may have been uh, may have been receiving notifications in the uh, system tray icon as well, which is just on the bottom uh, right hand corner of your uh, of your start menu. Uh, and by clicking on that notification, you can actually learn more about Windows 10 uh, or, uh, or even reserve uh, your copy. And so once you reserve your copy and then Windows 10 um, becomes available, you will actually get a notification when it's available for you uh, to actually go ahead and, and update your device. So it really is going to be uh, a seamless uh, transition uh, from your current device to, to Windows 10 um, when that notification happens. And when you say update, this is not, you don't have to do a clean installation. You can literally upgrade with your existing settings and documents untouched? Absolutely, it's going to be yes. The, you know, the intent is uh, going to be to uh, uh, to to be able to up, update uh, with your existing settings and documents in, in place. So it's definitely not uh, not a clean install. Hey, Mark, I just wanted to throw it real quick back to gaming for a second. I know we talked about, obviously, Xbox One functionality and being uh, sort of built into the system is a huge thing for you guys. But we have a lot of listeners. PC gaming is still a huge, huge segment, thanks to you guys. Um, so for the PC gamers out there, I, I know for myself, I ended up holding on to XP forever because I was afraid of compatibility issues. But from everything I'm seeing and hearing, compat compatibility issues moving forward for gamers should not be an issue with Windows 10. If they're playing games that are running on 8.1, jumping to Windows 10 for them should not be an issue, correct? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Um, you know, that we've taken great care with Windows 10 uh, from a compatibility standpoint to do a, a great deal of, of testing. And uh, so for the most part, I mean, the compatibility, compatibility levels between uh, Windows 8.1 and 10 will be very high. Excellent. Mark Obey, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on uh, the full release version. As you know, I have been playing with it, but um, I hope we can have you on in the, in the near future to talk about all those fun updates that we obviously are going to see down the road. Absolutely. I would love to come back and join you again. Mark Obey from Microsoft Product Mac Marketing Manager. It is your tech report. I am Mark Aflalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Again, don't forget, if you want to get your free copy of Windows 10, you can do that anytime for the next year until July 29th, 2016. As long as you own a copy of Windows 7 or Windows 8.1, you can do that as well. There's more your tech report coming up. We have a very, very cool interview with a gentleman at Funko who announced some very cool news for Star Wars fans. Your tech report will be right back.
now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Mark Aflalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you. Your tech report on Twitter, of course, at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report, and contact the your tech report.com. Okay, Mark, it's time for me to get excited again. Would you like to know? Go ahead, ask me why. Is it, go ahead, ask me why. Mitchell, why are you going to get excited again? That's so spontaneous. I don't know why you thought to ask me that. Okay, so obviously, uh, you know, when I went to E3, uh, I got to see a lot of different games. And of course, this time of year, both E3 and then as we get closer to September, October, I start getting more excited because a lot of the games that we got excited about at E3 are getting near their release. And one of the games that I've always loved, and here we are at 3.0 in terms of which version, I've always been a huge Disney Infinity fan for a couple of reasons. One, the gameplay is just a blast, but also you have the collectability of the figures mixed in. Yeah. And last year, last year we had John Vignon on the phone uh, to talk with us about the game. And guess what? Not only is he here, he's here with a cool new title. He is now the VP of production for Disney Infinity. And now we're talking about 3.0. John, thank you so much for coming back on the phone. Mitchell, Mark, you guys, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Let's talk about some 3.0. Woo! Let's, uh, yeah, yeah, let, let's do that. Now, John, before we get started, I, I, I want to I throw something out to you, and i just like to hear, and we, I know we have a whole lot to talk about. I just want to tell you my initial thought when I was at E3, okay? Uh, Now, of course, 3.0 is all about the Star Wars universe, which I'm extremely excited about. And I thought to myself, you know what? Star Wars is so popular. Infinity is so popular. It would have been easy for you guys to just put out a decent game with really cool figures and people would have been happy. But the fact is, when I had hands-on time and I played at E3, I thought to myself... This isn't just a decent game. This is a great Star Wars game with beautiful figures. You, you managed to give the best of both worlds. You, you didn't rest on your laurels. You put out a really cool Star Wars game, too. Thanks, Mitchell. Um, I'm glad you feel that way. And, man, I hope that uh, everyone that picks up Disney Infinity when we launch on August 30th feels the exact same way you did. Uh, we put a ton of development effort into the game this year. And the thing is this, I mean, we're at the Walt Disney Company, so we have a responsibility not only to create great entertainment based on these amazing properties, but create entertainment that's compelling and innovative in our category, which of course is video games. And so, you know what, it was a lot of work this year, but I really, really hope that fans enjoy the game. Oh, uh, believe me, having seen the game, having had hands-on time with the game, I can guarantee our listeners they are going to love it. So let's tell our audience, we know that 3.0 is all about Star Wars. So can you tell our audience what they have to look forward to with 3.0 and the Star Wars universe that they'll be presented with? Absolutely, Mitchell. And for everyone that's listening, of course, Star Wars is a big statement that we're putting inside of Disney Infinity 3.0 this year. But we definitely are also going to be servicing our Disney, Marvel, and Pixar fans. But to focus back down on Star Wars, our development goals this year were quite simple. We wanted to represent the entire Star Wars saga. As some of your listeners probably know, Mitchell, you know, Star Wars is a multi-generational brand, right? Guys like you and me grew up with episodes four, five, and six. Yeah, that's right. For your listeners that, for the end, for your listeners that have, um, that have kids, right? They've grown up with the Clone Wars animated series. They've grown up with episodes one, two, and three. And so there's a very, and of course, the brand new Star Wars Rebels animated series. So there's this huge amount of Star Wars content across the entire saga. And so for us, what was critical when we first had our initial meetings with the team at Lucasfilm was to make sure that we were servicing all Star Wars fans. Because like Star Wars, Disney Infinity is a multi-generational brand as well, right? We've got just as many parents and non-parent adults, which basically means um, adults without kids, 
playing Infinity as we do the younger audience, the 6 to 12 year olds, that's our primary demographic. And so what's cool for us is that we wanted to make sure that parents could turn around and say, hey, this is the Star Wars that I grew up with, episodes four through six. Let's play this game together, and let me introduce you, Junior, to Tauntauns, X-Wings, TIE Fighters, the Trench Run, things that they might not be familiar with with those older films. And then for the younger generation of Star Wars fans to turn around and say, yeah, Dad, but I know Anakin before he became Darth Vader. And let me show you pod racers. And let me show you all these different planets. And let me show you the Star Wars Rebels characters and why they're so cool. So what's great is that we hope this year that we're creating a Star Wars experience that allows parents and kids to play together and create new Disney memories together through our Star Wars content. John, tell me something. Um, Disney Infinity has been around since uh, 2013, correct? I think it was August yeah, 2013. Right, and, and, yeah. and the Star Wars franchise was bought by Disney in 2012. So was this something planned all along since Infinity started, or is this something that kind of you know, happened along the way? I wish I could say that we, uh, we knew exactly what was going to be happening, Mark, but to be honest with you, when we had initially begun development on Infinity, we were primarily focused on Disney and Pixar characters. And then, of course, there was the announcement that we had acquired Marvel. And so for 2.0, we had a very clear roadmap. Yeah. It's going to be the Marvel superheroes. And then the celebration, let me tell you, Mark, that erupted in the hallways when the company announced that we had acquired Lucasfilm was <laughs> fantastic. And we were like, sweet. We're going to work on Star Wars, or at least that's what we had hoped. Um, right. So just like uh, any, any partner, you know, it's not a shoe-in for us just because we acquired Lucasfilm to go in and say, okay, now Star Wars is going to be inside of Infinity. We actually had to go in and meet with all the heads of Lucasfilm and convince them why integrating their characters and content into Infinity would be a better opportunity than any of the other competitive products that have been making great Star Wars games over the years. Thankfully, uh, we did a, a pretty good pitch to them, and they agreed. And hopefully uh, all of your listeners that, that pick it up this, this fall will agree that we did, a, we did a good job. Well, John, you know, one of the things we love about Infinity and, and your team specifically is how responsive you guys have been to the user base. And it, it's, it's, it's so refreshing to see that. Are there any features in 3.0 that are, are based specifically on feedback from fans? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much to talk about here, Mark. So for everyone that's listening, we are super active on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, interacting with all of our Disney Infinity fans and encouraging new people to join our community because we don't consider this just a video game that we're making as developers. We really consider this our Disney Infinity. We're making a product that is is inspired by fans and the content that they want to see. So with respect to new features and things like that, I mean, we've got features that we've integrated into the game for our master toy box artists. These are the guys that use our toy box mode, which is our mode that's kind of like Minecraft, where you can build and create and use your imagination to become the Disney storyteller. So we've oh, yeah. integrated a whole bunch of new features for all of these creative minds to be able to tell their own unique Star Wars stories. One of the coolest ones is our new path creator tool that actually allows you to tag artificial intelligence to a spline, as it's called, to make it so that characters and content can actually move around the world. Now these toy boxes that these guys are creating inside of Disney Infinity really are coming alive. And that's just kind of the, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. There's been so many requests from fans to integrate new characters into Disney Infinity. And so this year, some of the new characters that we've integrated are direct requests from the fans. 
Outside of the Star Wars world, we actually have integrated Sam Flynn and Quora from Tron Legacy, which is a big oh, wow. request that was coming from our fans. So those characters are going to be available at launch on August 30th. And additionally, we've got so many Disney Infinity fans that are also fans of the Disney princesses. And so this year, we've integrated Mulan as our next Disney princess that will be joining the platform. Now, all of these characters across Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, and Pixar are all playable inside of the toy box mode. And then, of course, we've got our play sets, which are the unique six to eight hour kind of standalone game experiences that work with Infinity that all the different characters can play inside of based on each franchise. See, uh, for, well, first of all, if you're just joining us right now, we are talking with John Vignocchi, who's not only uh, VP of production for Disney Infinity 3.0, but also has one of the coolest names in the industry. I just had to point that out, John, one of my favorite names. Uh, yeah, we're, exactly. We're talk- Wine and pasta. <laughs> Vignocchi, or life of pasta. I'm not sure which one. It makes me hungry and thirsty at the same time. Um, <laughs> you talk about... Uh, you talk about uh, the different modes that you have within the games. One of the things that I, one of the things that I think you guys have done best is finding that balance, and I think that's a balance in the gaming industry that's been very hard to find. And I think Disney Infinity, the series of games you guys have put out, have done it better than anyone. Where sometimes, if there's a game where it's all about world building, it can get very overwhelming, and people basically get get frightened. And they don't know what to do. But you guys have made it so that people can have their their experience, you know, playing the game, you know, the way that. It's it's supposed to be played or in main mode and then that like you say in the world building mode that you guys have it's really made so the user can succeed and I, I think you guys must have worked really hard to achieve this balance where people aren't overwhelmed and they really want to dive in and are able to do things you're absolutely right Mitchell and the thing for us and you know for the parents that are listening out there Mitchell's talking a lot about our toy box mode right now and that toy box mode is, is where you or your kids um, can actually you know, build and create and become the storyteller yourself. And so inside this toy box mode, kind of our mantra as a game development team, Mitchell, was to actually unlock someone's creative potential. And so you know, here you are kind of with a blank slate world. Um, and if you imagine it kind of like when you hand uh, a piece of paper and some, um, and some crayons or some colored pencils to a kid, just because you give them those tools doesn't mean that they are necessarily going to create the piece de resistance that you would want them to. That's right. And so for us, we constantly are asking ourselves, how do we take um, uh, the kid or, or even the adult that you know, has creative potential and unlock that inside of an interactive experience? And that's what we put so much work into the toy box mode this year to really allow everyone to become a storyteller in a variety of different ways. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to build the most incredibly complicated and beautiful things in the world. I mean, of course, there are going to be people that do that. But to allow you to take these characters that are the most popular characters in the entire world and then create your own narrative fiction is something that's really special and something that we don't think has been done in video games before and actually is something that's rather unique and only Disney could do. It's kind of like, you know, we liken it to when we were all young, for everyone that's listening, we would dump all of our toys out on our, our parents' living room floor, and then, you know, we would take G.I. Joe and put him on top of Optimus Prime, and we would tell these stories. And I still do that. Disney what do you mean when we were young? I still do that. <laughs> exactly, right? As the Disney and Busy team, though, what we want to do is allow that same type of role play, that same type of power fantasy that we had as kids, you know, creating and telling these stories inside of a piece of interactive entertainment. And look, we've got a lot of work to do to make it better and more accessible, but hopefully this year you and Mark both think that we've, we've made some good advances into really unlocking someone's creative potential. John, obviously Infinity is available cross-platform, but there's something special planned for PS4 users this year, isn't it? 
Yes, Mark, that's absolutely right. So at E3 this year, which is the big annual video game convention down at the Los Angeles Convention Center, uh, we announced a special partnership with our friends over at Sony Computer Entertainment. We're actually going to be releasing at launch what's called the Disney Infinity Star Wars Saga Starter Pack. Lots of S's there, so I always have to go a little bit slower. Um, this particular starter pack not only comes with everything that you would normally get with the standard starter pack, but it also comes with the Rise Against the Empire playset, which is a playset based on episodes four through six. It comes one month early inside of this starter pack configuration. And for all you legacy Star Wars fans out there like myself, Mitchell, and Mark, it also comes with an exclusive character you can only get inside of this bundle, which is none other than Boba Fett. Oh, my gosh. See, now between this, my favorite character, my favorite ship in the Star Wars universe is the Slave One. So giving me a Boba Fett and dangling that in front of me, that's just that's just cruel is what that is. Especially because it's not launch time. It's just cruel. Yeah. Dude, we've got the Slave One in the game as well. Oh, you're a good person. You're a very good person. <laughs> now, listen, you yourself now we have a, can live out your Star Wars fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have, listen, we also have a lot of Xbox One fans and users here. Now, uh, the exclusive is just for the first month. Will, will people eventually get that set as well on the uh, Microsoft slash Xbox side? Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So right now, that Star Wars uh, Saga starter pack that's coming for Sony platforms will drop on August 30th. And that Rise Against the Empire playset will be inside of it. A month later, so right around the beginning of uh, October, the Rise Against the Empire playset will be released uh, worldwide at retailers. So anyone on any platform, whether that's Xbox or Wii U, can pick that up. That Boba Fett figure, though, the only place you're going to be able to get that is inside of that exclusive starter pack until the end of the holidays. In early January, we'll release Boba Fett as a single figure that anyone can play with. And so another thing that's important for any of your savvy video game uh, listeners that are out there um, is that all of our figures are platform agnostic. So what that means is that you could actually theoretically go out and pick up this uh, Star Wars Saga starter pack for PlayStation 4 and then take that and use the Rise Against the Empire playset and Boba Fett on your Xbox or on your Wii U. So just want to um, point that out to anyone, probably for some of your listeners that sounded a little bit like uh, Greek to them, but <laughs> for those of you that are curious, the figures are all platform agnostic and they'll work anywhere. And not just that, John, they remember all the stats and all the upgrades that you do to them when you switch them from platform to platform. They still retain the information, yes? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the thought there, Mitchell, is that we basically want, if, if you go over to Mark's house and Mark's got an Xbox One and you guys play, and you have a PS4, and you guys play together, we want to make sure that all the levels that you've gained and all the experiences that you've done over at Mark's house will transfer back to your version of Infinity when you go back home and play on your PS4. See, this is perfect, but now all I can think of is uh, when can I get everything in my hand? So just for people that don't know, again, we're talking August 30th. Everything, uh, the main sets will be launching on the 30th, correct? Yeah, that's right. So on August 30th, we're going to drop the Twilight of the Republic starter pack, which is the Disney Infinity 3.0 starter pack. Okay. Now, that's going to be available for $64.99. That's actually just $5 more than a typical video game, and it comes with two awesome figures. It comes with the Twilight of the Republic playset, which is about a 68-hour experience, and then it also comes with the Toy Box mode, which is that mode I was talking about earlier where you can use your imagination to build and create. In addition to that, we also have a playset that's based on Disney Pixar's hit new film Inside Out, which will ah. also drop on August 30th. So we actually think that Inside Out's a rather unique proposition because it's not an open-world combat game like all the Star Wars experiences are. It's more of a 2D puzzle platformer. And so although we know that Star Wars appeals to boys and girls, 
we actually feel that the Inside Out playset may be one that attracts more of a female audience of gamers to get into the Infinity platform. So that's a really, really great playset, and that will be available at launch. Plus, Sam Flynn and Quora from Tron Legacy, Olaf from Frozen, oh, cool. as well as Mickey and Minnie, Classic Mickey and Classic Minnie, and Mulan will also be available at launch. So we've got a huge amount of figures and content available for you guys to dig in and start playing throughout the fall. So what you're saying is my son really needs to put his, uh, his money aside. <laughs> <laughs> After he puts his money aside for investing in college, yes, that's correct, Mark. Then he can take the spare change and apply it to Disney Infinity if he chooses. He, he's, only, he's only five and a half, so I think he'll, he'll go for Disney Infinity first. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully with our toy box mode, that might unlock his creative potential to become a game developer like myself. He is John Vignocchi. He is the VP of production for Disney Infinity. Uh, we are looking forward August 30th. It is dropping for less money than we've ever paid for a game like this before, under $65. Uh, I'm very excited to get my hands on it. Of course, we're going to have our hands on review in the next couple of weeks. And John, of course, you know we're going to have you back to talk more things Infinity because the great thing about Infinity, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So there's always going to be more stuff to talk about, and we hope that you'll come back and join us again soon, John. It would be my pleasure, Mitchell and Mark, and for everyone that's listening, thanks for uh, thanks for giving us a listen, and hopefully you'll give Disney Infinity 3.0 a try. Oh, I'm, I'll make sure that they do. Special thanks to John Vignocchi from Disney Infinity, of course, and Mark Robin from Funko off the top of the show. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Aflalo. Thanks for joining us again. If you want to find us, all that social media stuff will be announced in just a moment. Thanks again. We're back next week right here on Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Mark Aflalo, Mitchell Whitfield, at Your Tech Report on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Your Tech Report. An awesome show today. We're flashing back to some of our great interviews, one of which really topical because our friends over at Funko, you know, the ones that create pop vinyls, they came on with us to make a really big announcement that Star Wars fans are scooping up. Mark Robin is a director of marketing at Funko. Tell us what is going on in the world of pop vinyls. Yeah, we are really excited. We just announced that we have the first only and official Star Wars subscription box out on the market. Um, It's going to be a subscription box that is produced by uh, Star Wars and Funko in collaboration with each other. Uh, it's $25 every other month. Like I said, it's the only Star Wars subscription box out there. Um, our first box is going to be timed to come out right before the new movie, The Force Awakens. It's a Force Awakens-themed box, so everything in the box is from the new movie, and actually specifically from the First Order, the bad guys of the new movie, so it's kind of a bad guys-themed box. Awesome. The second box will then focus on um, the Resistance, the good guys. Uh, but, um, yeah, we're really, really excited. I mean, there are no other Star Wars boxes. This is done tightly, you know, in conjunction with Star Wars. We're, we're, they're great partners of ours. We already do a lot of Star Wars pops, but now we're going to be able to do pops and T-shirts and a lot 
lot of other goodies that we'll put into these boxes, and we just think it's going to be an awesome product for Star Wars fans. We're, we're really, really excited about it. Uh, oh, that's that's going to be fantastic. So l- let me ask you this. So much like Marvel, uh, Marvel's Collector Core that you guys do, you said it's going to mm-hmm. be every other month. Now, like Collector Core, is it going to be, are the figures that are going to be in the subscription service exclusive to the Star Wars subscription service? Yes, 100% exclusive. So if you've been, if you're a fan of Star Wars or you've been watching like the Funko announcements from our Star Wars line, none of those figures will be will be in these the, these boxes. We will have figures from the movie that are not available anywhere else in retail or online. So you know, if you want the full set of the Force Awakens pops, you almost have to get this box because <laughs> this box is going to contain. Um, I think we've announced that the first box will, in fact, have two pops. So we're not saying who or uh, or what the pops are, oh. but there but there are there are two of them, and they're exclusive to the box. Um, you know, again from the first order team, I guess, from the dark side. Uh, but yeah, every, everything in the box is exclusive, just like with Collector Core. Mark, I can only expect that obviously the value of everything in that box is going to be far greater than the, the 25 bucks you'll spend. You're guaranteeing, what, $50 in value at minimum? That's correct, yep. So, okay. so and, spe- and of course, there's also coupons and, and special offers and announcements that you can only get if you are a subscriber to this box. That's really, really cool. Hey, yeah, we're going to do our best to keep everybody up to date on you know, what we're offering and just kind of in the know as far as Star Wars news and product reveals and, and announcements. Um, just, again, you know, kind of like the same way we deal with our Marvel community and um, with Collector Core, we'll be cultivating a, a community around Funko products and Star Wars products. And I think, again, if you're a Star Wars fan at all, this is something you're, you're going to want to be involved in just so you can kind of get the early news on what the products are going to be and, and juicy little tidbits like that. No, that's fantastic. And of course, this comes only less than a week after Force Friday, of course. Now, you talked about the, the pop vinyls that have already come out celebrating mm-hmm. the new movie. Can you talk about what figures you guys have already released? Oh, gosh, the list is long and varied, but I can tell you that um, most of the main characters that you've seen in the trailers are are in the first wave. So we've got pops made for Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma, the the First Order Troopers. Ray and Finn are in there. Um, Chewbacca is in there. BB-8, everybody's favorite BB-8, <laughs> yeah, uh, is one of the figures. Uh, Poe, Poe Dameron is in there. Um, right. But there, uh, there are, and there are multiple. There, there are also a lot of exclusives that we've done with people like Hot Topic and Amazon. So like there is an Amazon exclusive Heavy Trooper. There is Ray with her mask. I think at Hot Topic. So again, if you kind of want the full set, you got to be looking at the different exclusives that are out there as well. But the regular set has most of the main characters, um, you know, the villains, the heroes, and uh, and whatever BB-8 is. I'm hoping he's a hero, but who knows? Maybe, maybe he's evil. We haven't seen the movie yet. We don't know. I, I, I bought my very own BB-8, and he is a he is a gentle, kind droid. <laughs> did you get the Spiro BB-8? Is that what you're talking about? You know what, you know what Mark? The, uh, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this, is that I, I've always wanted a Spiro, and I've kind of looked at it saying, I'm not going to pay 100 bucks for that. So instead, I spent $200 on BB-8. We, I do not have mine yet. I, I delayed. Somebody here in the office grabbed one, and it's pretty fantastic. And uh, the woman who actually runs our programs has been trying to get a free one for the last week and is in tears because no one will send her one. I think I'm she's going to have to break down and actually buy one. I'm going to give you my little tip. My tip was, if, you, if you're going to go and buy one, is, is call the Apple Store. Call the Apple Store. And <laughs> That's exactly. And no, one reali- yeah. no one realized they actually were carrying it, even though they announced it. And they had a, they had all, they had five. They received five on Friday, on Force Friday, and I grabbed uh, the first of the five. So <laughs> We got one here in the office from Bed Bath & Beyond, of all places. <laughs> so. 
Well, but, here's the big know, question. Our, our Funko BB-8, he doesn't roll around out of his own power, but he's, <laughs> he's really damn cute. So I would suggest picking up, picking up one of those as well. Oh, no, he's adorable. I actually saw one already. I was going to say, if you went to Bed Bath & Beyond, I hope you used your 20% coupon because I have a dozen of them. I could send them right out to you. <laughs> it's the only place, it's the only store in the country that will that will honor the 20% off on every, even fair market items that they sell. They will always do that. So that, that's always a great thing. Mark, let me ask you this, because one of the things, that I, one of the reasons I love talking to you is because uh, as, as much as this is your job, it's also something you're passionate about that you enjoy collecting internally from the team that put this together. Was there excitement within the team that this, that this was, you guys knew this was coming. So is there like this palpable excitement among the team members that you guys are going to be launching this new service. I mean, this has been, since we came up with the idea to do these subscription boxes, obviously Star Wars and Marvel were at the top of our list. And it just kind of so happened that Marvel came out first, and, and, I, and I think that made sense, especially because it was timed the release of Avengers 2. But we wanted to wait and do Star Wars so it was more closely aligned with the release of the new movie, but we've been dying to talk about it. I mean, everybody here has just been so excited. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to sit down in the product meetings where we talk about what's going to go into the future boxes and sit there right. and sort of have these nerdy debates about, well, I think it should be this guy. No, no, it's got to be this guy. This is who people <laughs> want. And, and sort of argue with each other and figure out what's going to be the cool pop or T-shirt to include in a future box. And, you know, these are boxes that people won't even see for you know, three to six months in some cases, and, and it, it's hard to kind of keep your mouth shut in the meantime. I'm always afraid I'm going to slip up, like, talking to you guys and, and blurt something <laughs> out. Uh, but uh, it, 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 there is there is a lot of palpable excitement. I mean, I think this is a box that we've been dying to do, and, and it's, it's great for the, the day to finally be here and be able to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. You know, something I don't want to gloss over, and I'm going to tell you why I'm, I'm mentioning this specifically. You mentioned the T-shirts. And I think for some people, oh, you know, you get a free T-shirt. just like a throw-in to some people in their mind. But let me tell you something. The T-shirts you guys put in your box in, in the collector core that I've been they're great T-shirts. They're great quality T-shirts. They look great. It's not to me. It's not like an added value. It's, it's a primary value. I love the shirts you guys pack in. So now that you're going to be doing T-shirts for Star Wars as well, that to me, you know, I can carry my pop finals and proudly wear the T-shirt as well. I'm glad you like them. Uh, we work really hard on those, and all of the art, you know, is done here. Um, so they're not just like T-shirts that we've sourced from somewhere else that you can buy, in, you know, at any other store. They're T-shirts where the designs are done here, and just like I said, where we sit around and debate what pops we're going to make or include in these boxes. We sit around and kind of have healthy debates of who's going to be on the T-shirts and what looks the coolest, and and we're really proud of those shirts. I I think it's a fantastic line, and, and I do think it's a it's a huge benefit that when you get a shirt in one of our boxes, it's actually a shirt you're going to want to wear and not just a throwaway <laughs> item. Mark, so just to recap on the big Star Wars announcement, we've got the, the only official Star Wars subscription box, uh, $25. The first one's coming out in November, correct? That is correct. Uh, you can uh, purchase it, sign up until, um, until November 12th, and then we'll start shipping them shortly after that. You know, you'll, people will have them in time for Christmas, and then the second box will ship in January, and uh, that'll be our light side uh, resistance theme box. Love it. Mark, Robin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for ending the show with us this week. I mean, we've, we've been teasing this announcement for obviously for the past three weeks, but this show specifically, we're, uh, we're happy to have you on and I'm looking forward to you coming back. And more fun for Star Wars fans if you want. Disney Infinity 3.0. Want to hear all about it? Stick around. It's your Tech Report with Mark Aflalo and Mitchell Whitfield. Your Tech Report will be right back.
This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Yes, indeed. Welcome to this wonderful edition of Your Tech Report. I am Marco Flalo, based in Montreal, Canada, welcoming my co-host Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Mitchell, how are you? How would you feel if I started going with the mighty Mitchell Whitfield and trying something new? The mighty Mitchell Whitfield. The mighty, I don't no, know. I don't it like it. it's kind of scares me. I'm going to be yeah, honest with you. Yeah. Let's go with you to Mitchell to get everything. Hey, man, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing awesome. You know, it's not not a very busy week in tech. We've got a great show lined up this week. A lot of people have been emailing us about Windows 10. They're on the fence about updating to that. So we're going to flash back to a great walkthrough we had with uh, with Windows 10. So if you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to want to listen to this show because there's some <laughs> very cool news and about gaming and some collectibles you want to get your hands on. But Mitchell, I, I kind of want to start the show off. It's kind of it's topical, but it's not topical. But it's a breaking news story from this week. I don't know if you saw this, okay? But okay. Michael J. Fox was arrested for insider sports betting on DraftKings.com. No, authorities found an unusually worn copy of a sports almanac, um, which was printed with that day's date. Um, and he's been placing perfect score bets under the username No Chicken for his the entire entire life of DraftKings. And the, the theory is that the Back to the Future films were actually documentaries from original prime timeline, and that we here are living in an alternate 2015 with right. no flying cars and only four Jaws movies. Gotcha. So, you know, lots of lots of people looking into this one. So, so Happy I, Back I to really, the Future week, by the way. I was going to say, <laughs> I think you took Back to the Future day and Back to the Future week this whole week very seriously. I mean, how cool is that? And how many memories does it bring back from the... Well, you know, I'm, a, I'm slightly older than you, Mark, but it brings back so many great memories from the 80s, from the movies. Should, should we talk a little bit of Back to the Future? Because there's some really cool well, tech news that's related to Back to the Future as well. Well, the, the real reason for obviously talking about and why it's Back to the Future week is because if you do not know and you have been sleeping a little bit... Um, this week was the date that he went to the future in. So exactly. everything in Back to the Future 2, all the flying cars and everything, was based on a date in 2015, which at that point seems so far into the future. And obviously... And I, and I believe it was Wednesday the 21st, where I think was technically the exact Back to the yeah, Future exactly. date, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, now here's what's really interesting, and I'd forgotten about this, and since it's, you know, a, a big sports week, of course, with the baseball playoffs going on, uh, do you remember back in the movies that in 2015, when he went into the future, the Cubs were supposed to win the yes, World I Series. Yes, and I of do. course, you know, the Cubs, you know, of course, being, you know, ousted by my Mets, of course, but we don't have to talk about that. But it was such, it was so weird that the Cubs, of course, picked 2015 to make a run that maybe had them going to the World <laughs> Series. Uh, it, I mean, how accurate are they? But like, let's, let's, let's keep it <clears throat> technologically bound for the moment because in Back to the Future 2, uh, Marty McFly, of course, played by Michael J. Fox, was sporting a pair of Nike self-lacing shoes. Do you yes, remember those? I, of course I remember okay. those. Now, we've been hearing rumors that Nike has been working on, and actually the inventor of the actual shoe, or the creator of the shoe for the movie, was actually working on a 
an actual working model oh, of really? self-placing Nikes. Yeah, the guy, na- the guy's name, the designer from Nike is Tinker Hatfield. What a great name for designer. That's Tinker. awesome. Tinker Hatfield. And we just saw this past week from Michael J. Fox's own Twitter account. They allegedly, and I, they're saying it's true, they gave him the first pair of Nike self-lacing shoes. He posted it to his Twitter account. It says they're they're coming in 2016. They are real. It shows him wearing them. That's so cool. So if, so if you're into this stuff, and I, I mean, please, I don't really know how they're going to do it. I can understand shoes that, you know, sort of tighten on their own, but self-lacing, that's crazy cool. So yeah, there's some tech news built into Back to the Future Day slash week that we wanted to share with you guys as well. Mitchell, last week, uh, the Steve Jobs movie, this 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 movie that everybody's kind of been trying to stop, really, including his own his own his own uh, widow um, uh, came out and it made 2.6 million dollars in its limited release. It opens this weekend in a wide release, so a lot of people are right. going to be out seeing that. The reason I lead with that is because Apple also uh, updated a lot of stuff this week. A lot of software glitches that we saw in El Capitan were updated this week. So if you have been on the fence, you will want to get that update now because they fixed a lot of things on that side as well as on the watch and on the phone in iOS and uh, now, of course watchOS. No, no. I also want to jump back because you mentioned the movie, of course, of course, called Steve Jobs, um, and it is based out. And now, listen, there there was another Steve Jobs movie with, I believe, Ashton Kutcher playing Steve Jobs that came yeah, out last year or early this year. I didn't yeah. see that either. But this particular movie is based on the Walter Isaacson. Uh, biography that he worked on with Steve Jobs and a lot of people, Tim Cook included, a lot of people that worked with Steve Jobs were very upset. Uh, not just by, you know, not just by the novel, but the movie, the biography, but the movie as well, because they feel it didn't represent the guy that they knew it. It sort of, yeah. it, it, pick, it, it picked and chose uh, certain aspects of his life that were controversial, that painted him as maybe they're not the nicest guy. It didn't paint a full picture. That was his biggest objection. There's another book out there, Mark, that we have both read called Becoming Steve Jobs, which is a wonderful book, yeah. a great read or listen, depending on how you listen to it or read it, uh, that is supposed to be a much more accurate representation of the man, the entire man, the entire scope and breadth of his career and his life. So nice alternative. But I want to see the movie, but I'm afraid it'll ruin my feelings about the guy and what he accomplished. You I know? think the, the way they've cast it with people that really don't look anything like any of the characters, I think that it won't ruin it. I think it'll just give you some insight. Of course, everybody right. can have an opinion, so they're welcome to it. Apple TV Whatever. on sale. The new Apple TV is going to be on sale officially on the 26th next week, so they uh, officially open the call for uh, developers to uh, start developing apps for Apple TV, which is very cool. Mitchell, a big acquisition this week. Western Digital, the hard drive makers, bought SanDisk. Best known, I guess, for their memory cards, you know, their SD cards, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. $19 billion. That's a giant, giant deal. Number one, you didn't do the pinky point to your mouth. Uh, $19 million. Dollars. There we go. Uh, I, I thought this was a brilliant acquisition. It just makes so much sense because there are very few, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know of one pure hard drive company, uh, which Western Digital has been one of the best, the premier names in, in actual disk drives. Uh, I've never seen a company combine both um, soft, you know, portable disk media and hard drive manufacturing. But this acquisition is huge because SanDisk is, you know, they're very, there are some big names out there in the SD card and the portable storage. And SanDisk is a huge name. This makes Western Digital, I I mean, a a huge company that covers every bit of storage, both platter drives, regular drives, solid state. So it's a great move. And hopefully 
It'll drive some prices down, but who knows? I love this acquisition. It's great. We like when prices go down. Twitter unveiled a brand new redesigned app for OS X. So if you're waiting for that, they haven't updated it in quite some time. It is coming out in the near future. Just you're going to have to wait for it like everything else. Facebook also updated their app for iOS, which gets rid of the battery drain issues. Did you know Facebook was draining your battery on your phone? You know what? If, if I, you'd have, probably have to use Facebook oh, to know that. On, Wait, do you, honestly, do you still use Facebook a lot? I do. I do. I, I follow the news and just kind of see what's going on, see what's trending out there. And I, right. So now you don't have to worry about draining your battery when you do that, right? Exactly. All right, that's a good thing then. I'll, maybe I'll use Facebook. Who knows? And that app, app is available uh, right now if you want to get that as well. Uh, there was something I wanted to ask you about the yes. um, the Xbox controller. When is that being released, Mitchell? Uh, the Elite, I believe, is being released in conjunction with Halo Five Guardians, which is October twenty seventh. I actually pre ordered the Elite console, which we talked about on the show a few weeks ago, which combines a larger one terabyte drive, but it's a hybrid drive, like a Fusion drive on Apple uh, with Apple products and a gives you faster loading speeds and it includes this elite controller for 499 so if you wanted to get a new xbox and you wanted the elite controller it's a more cost-effective way of getting both but yes it will be out the 27th by itself and on november 3rd i believe in conjunction with the console guitar hero fans if you have ever played the game and now you want to play it on your mobile device they've released an ios app called guitar hero live (laughs) which you can also get for free as part of a $99 iOS bundle, which includes a Bluetooth-enabled, approved guitar. So, Wait Mitchell, so with your phone or with your tablet, you can use it. Yes, you can use oh, it with your phone awesome. or tablet. So you can actually, awesome. while you're on your way to work on the bus or the subway or transit, you can be rocking out to guitar here with your headphones on and make yourself look uber sexy cool if you really want to. Yeah, because people on you know mass, people in mass transit love watching you take up two seats using your guitar controller. That's oh, awesome. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Now, if I lived in New York, I'd probably still rock it just to get a reaction. Just, you know? just for fun. It yeah. is your Attack Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. I am Marco Flatlow. Get in Montreal. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at your Attack Report. Facebook.com. This is why I use Facebook, Mitchell. Facebook.com <laughs> slash your Attack Report. And of course, our email address is contact at your Attack Report.com. It's especially important because a lot of people have been asking of us about upgrading to Windows 10 because they haven't yet. So we're going to bring you a very cool walkthrough as your Tech Report continues right here. Your Tech Report will be right back.